all have two wolves inside of us, a black wolf and a white wolf. The black wolf loves themselves and puts themselves first before the other members of the pack. And the white wolf, which loves serving others, puts the members of the pack before themselves. You either feed your black wolf or your white wolf in every interaction. Life is about balance and mental health is something that is important. Let's get into it today. A lot of us are inside of our houses, spending a lot of time within the confines of our rooms. And this is an important subject. So let's open this up and let's talk about why is this important? Because a, uh, a lot of us go through issues and we need to be able to push through. You got to keep on going. I feel like mental health is a taboo, like it's a subject that I've always had the same opinion on. My mental, my mental is good, so what do I need to check? Like, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. I always thought, like, you could control your mental health in a sense where whatever I allow to be in my brain is, like, whatever I feel kind of thing. Like, that's how I went as a teenager, you know? I was a kind of ignorant to the whole subject. And, you know, growing up in a Somali household, a lot of the times no one speaks about your feelings, how you feel. It's undermined a lot. And I don't think it comes from a negative perspective. I think it's just generally our culture is like that. We shun any type of uh, conversation about mental health. I remember, like, as young as, like, seven or eight, something would happen to you and you, you're told, don't cry. The idea of crying associated with being like vulnerable or too weak or you can't control your emotions and a lot of that deteriorates your mental health and I actually fell into that idea I actually thought that was right for a long time you know so I used to be like oh she's crazy because she chooses to be crazy or she's crazy because she's over emotional things that I kind of grew up thinking was right yeah me too I definitely agree with you but growing up I always used to assume that you gotta hold it in you gotta you gotta push through it and then you build pressure on yourself that is not necessary. You got to find a release. You got to write it out. You got to talk to somebody. You got to find some way to get it out of your system. This Western society teaches us that competition is what's right. Like you got to compete. You got to compete. You got to compete. And you get caught up in uh, chasing this dunya and you forget about what really matters, which is like human connection, like helping each other out and caring about each other. Because that's the most important thing because this life is but a day. You're going to just fly through and what's really valuable is human connection and experiences. And that's the important thing about life. Absolutely. That's true. And with mental health, it's like there's always a stigma around it of if you are feeling a certain way, and especially if you're a male yeah. and you speak on this, you're emotional. Yeah. So now you don't want to be labeled as emotional by your homies. You don't want to be the guy that's always talking about his feelings. Yo, what's wrong with this guy? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Everybody's looking at you sideways like, yo, homie, what's wrong? You're a man. You know what I mean? And if you do that even at your house, your mom or your dad is looking at you like, yo, man up. You know what I mean? That statement, man up, is always put on someone that's any man that shows any type of emotional breakdown or anything like that. Like mm -hmm. if you're having a bad day and you're a guy, mm -hmm. like you got to hold that, go to your room. Do whatever you need to do. Come out that room and just be a man. Mm. You know what I mean? There's no off days. You can't have an off day. The second you have an off day, they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's this guy's emotional. This guy's not himself. Who's this guy? Like, why is he acting like a girl? You know what I mean? Mm. So, a yeah. A lot of people think, like, you're you're in your own thoughts. And I was always a, a person that I'm very verbal, right? So I'm always like, 
you know, that's how I feel. Well, I'm angry because that's how I feel. And people used to give me like, you're the youngest child. It's the youngest child syndrome, you know? And I never thought it was a way to like maybe speak about my feelings to kind of use that as an outlet instead of storing everything in my brain. Um, And it helped. I think it wasn't until like my brother's death that I really, really like mental health took a toll on me. I think only because it, it got to a point where I couldn't really control my thoughts, you know? And I think that's when you're like, okay, this is what people are talking about when people are online and like like saying my mental health was deteriorating. It, it's not like, people think it's when you start talking to yourself. It's not that. It's just like a continuous uh, narrative that was being spoken about his death. And it's like things that it's out of your reach. So people say like, oh, when you lose a, a loved one, it's already hard enough, right? It's already like, it takes a toll on you on a different level. But it's when people's words and narratives are put out there that maybe is not necessarily true or the person spoke about in an ill way and the person's not here to defend themselves. I think then it's a bunch of noise that you genuinely cannot block out, you know? And I think that's the first time I could genuinely say that I kind of have like a checkout, like I had to check out for a little bit. Yeah, you know, like I went through it. When it comes to mental health itself, it's important to have an outlet. That's something that I've I was learned. To say that that. Yeah, it's really important to have an outlet. It's so cliche for somebody to be like, um, read the Quran or or praise Allah. Like it's so easy to say that to people, yeah. right? And I've, I've and I've used that advice. I've been that friend because a lot of people come to me. Just to, just um, today, actually, I got a, a a DM from a sister saying, my brother, my father's in his deathbed. Allah, ya rahmah, may Allah give him uh, shafi'ah and allow him to um, uh, have a healthy life. And, and uh, if whatever Allah has written, whatever Allah written will happen. But she said he has COVID and they're telling him he has a couple of days to live. It took over his whole body. Mm-hmm. And it's, this is a friend of mine. So she obviously allowed me to speak about this. Um, it just touched me because she messaged me to let me know, like, hey, Noah, like I'm really I've tried to think. I tried to pray, like you said. I tried to make du'a. I feel like I wake up and I, I can't even uh, babysit my children properly because I'm so anxious of what's going to happen. And so she said, when your father died, how were you able to find push solace through. or how, push through something like this, right? And so people think like, I, I feel like you first, you have to know that you're, you're, the way you feel is valid, right? Because you're... You're scared of what any human being is fearful of, right? The, the idea of losing your parents. It's just when your mind takes over, and that's why people say the dean, right? Because the dean has this whole, like, it has this whole thing, like, um, this too shall pass. Like, have to walk on Allah. Every single one of us is going to be touched with calamity. Mm-hmm. It's easy to read that, right? But when the calamity hits you, why do you think Allah says? It's when the calamity hits you, you, you have to say, something, or make a dua, because Allah tests that person. The sabr starts when you hear the news. There's some people that will make a dua, and there's some people that rip their shirt off, whatever. But sabr starts right when you hear moment. the news at that moment. And so I told her, I, there's so many things that I could say to you, but I can't. I'm not the turner of hearts, right? Allah has a turner of our hearts. So I told her first, um, make dua, um, supplicate to your Lord, but cry, you know, speak to somebody. Tell your mom, go to your father. He's still alive. You know, people think like, what can I do to make this feel? It just... There's no real answer, and that is okay, you know? And sometimes people don't want to hear, go to the Quran, you know? But this is a blueprint for how we should all be going to our calamities with 
But a lot of people read the Quran every single day and they still are depressed and they still are mentally ill or they still are going through some sort of internal suffering. Um, and nobody said that something is going to change overnight. Like that heart, that's why you have to like be patient. Patient, there's no date, expiry date to patience, you know? And so I tell people like, it, 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 it's, it doesn't get easier when it comes to death or calamities that, that you feel like you can never overcome. But you look at that situation and years later, you've overcome that. It's just a lot to do with sabr, a lot to uh, finding an outlet and not being afraid to feel certain things. Yeah, and also we, we uh, like 2021, like for, for us in general and uh, a lot of youth, we're, we're at a crossroad in life because our parents' generation's out the door. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, it's it, like, because I listen to a lot of older people talking and uh, the calamities that they go through is is way harder than what we, we, we what we go through on a day-to-day basis. You know, sometimes I, I say that and then I look at them and I'm like, it might not be, you know, because I feel like growing up Muslim, immigrant, in a in a fully kufar country is much harder than coming as an adult when you've already kind of established who you are. I feel like our generation has to persevere more. We have a lot at stake. Mm. We have a lot of um, expectations put on us. They're on survival mode. We're on you guys spoon food with everything. We're Your resources, yeah. So it's like that's why when my dad like or uh, or any other parent, they have. University graduation is not enough for some of them. That's why, you know, when they say, like, um, we have to... And I don't believe that's a generational curse. Your parents expecting a lot from you. I think 2021, people are using the word generational curse and toxic parents out of hand, personally, for me. That's a term? Yeah. So I've been reading on Twitter, like, people saying, like, it's called... There's actually a book. It's called... um, Not Chinese moms. Something like... It's called something like Dragon Mother. So it's like... Uh, it's these mothers that think like even B minus is not good enough because why couldn't you get an A? Like Tiger Moms. It's a book actually. It's called Tiger Moms. Mm. And then a lot of people were referring this to like, it's not only Asian parents that have this new high expectations. Somali parents, you're never good enough for them. Like you do this and they're like, why are you not getting married? When you do this, why are you not getting your master's? You're a nurse. Why did you not try to become a doctor? It's always something else. It's It's always always something something else. else. And a lot of people think like our parents, I always think, and I'm sure my co-host thinks, they want the best for you. Yeah. Okay? Only good for you. Only khair. You know? What they're setting you up for is for you to be to your best potential. Them choosing a career for you is not toxic. It's a little out of hand. It's a little bit crazy. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> it's a little crazy because like, oh, how are you choosing me? How about if I like to work at a garage? Yeah. I don't want to be a nurse. Yeah. You find, if you go to families and five of them are nurses because their mom wanted them to be a nurse. And you have to be a nurse. But Allah says again, fulfilling your parents' rights, it could be something as little as feeding them with your hand or even choosing something for uh, for yourself um, and not only because you want it, but because your parents want it. You know? Mm-hmm. There's a lot in that. We just have to look at the good and the bad and then, you know? Yeah, you spoke a little bit about how uh, this generation is, is have, has a lot more uh, challenges than the past generation. Yeah. And you, I agree with you in a sense where it's it's different. Mm-hmm. It's something that nobody's been through. Nobody understands it. Mm-hmm. This uh, the internet is uh, something new for the entire world, and everybody is going through it, trying to figure out life in general and what's important. And like I understand that we as a new generation in the Western world, we look at it like 
it's uh, me. What like why is this happening to me? That mentality when you go through something, it's like why is this happening to me? But this world's a test. Like you, you you're gonna deal with yep. things. Trials upon trials. It's yeah. just gonna get harder and harder and harder. And if you if you understand that that this is just um, making you stronger, hardships actually making you it molding you into a better person, making you. It's all about mindset at the end of the day. How you perceive things uh, dictates how, like, what you get out of life. You're allowed to mentally check out. I just want people to know, like, don't think that you're out of place because you you can't uh, identify the feelings that you're feeling. I think a lot of the times it's like, um, I've heard, like, like, I'll say my sibling passed away. I have a good friend that her sibling passed away. And she said, I got to a point that I wanted to kill myself, right? And so she goes... I could not believe I got there in a while. And it's like, it's okay. You could identify that that is something that's going through your body, you know? But it's telling people around you and speaking. I feel like when people keep things in, um, a lot of destructions happen internally when you're not, like, sharing that with people. And so when she was able to tell me that, maybe I have resources that could help you. Maybe I could get somebody to talk to you. Maybe I could talk to your mom and I could be like, like, you know, things we don't want things to happen too late uh, that's why they say give uh people their flowers while they're here right yeah exactly and it's appreciate a new, yeah it's appreciate them because so many things are happening in this world a lot a new terminology that a lot of people use is anxiety and i'm not gonna lie i hear oh my god that gives me anxiety so much like i hear the word anxiety not used usually but use uh, loosely. loosely but used so often now i never used to hear and the word anxiety maybe seven eight years back do you think that is a society kind of leading? That is a society. I agree. That's yeah. a society thing because we're chasing. You're mm-hmm. chasing tomorrow. You're forgetting about today. You're forgetting today. Like today exactly. is a blessing. It's a gift. It's called the, the present for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know what tomorrow has. Stuff like extrovert, introvert. Like I was listening to a TED Talk and the guy was like, some of these terminologies were coined like 10 years ago. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, thing, yeah, things like that. Like society wants to, and I know that you shouldn't be like comparing people's level of like mental health and saying like these are new term coined. I don't want anybody to think that I'm belittling the idea of mental health, mm-hmm. but um, I just want to do t- touch on both sides. Society does lead this whole idea of like whatever's in your head, let it out. If you feel this way, let it out. But they're even talking about the time of like. Uh, slavery and they're saying like the anxiety and like depression and suicide rate all of that was completely more like less in that time than it is on the in in today's society and why do you think that the internet what do you think there were they were going through a different type of mental health you know what i mean like but they them, weren't killing themselves no, as that, much that, but it's not that but like them it was like there's different things with that comes with what was it's generational it's generational right so like Killing yourself clearly was those like people back then How can they were can, very strong on religion. Thank you. People were very strong on religion. That's the word. So yep. based on your religion, Christianity, whatever, 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 Islam, whatever you followed back then, mm. they were strong on religion. So within your religion, the faith, the, the faith belief, was very strong, and that's what got them through that time. Yeah, their faith and belief got them through that whole time. Mm. So within their faith and belief, you can't kill yourself. No. That's wrong. So you think people had more ties to uh, they religion? They then? did. Because, Absolutely. Because all you see is back then they're like... God, they, God, they, God, Christ, Christ, everything Christ. Everything was God, mm-hmm. God, God. Holy He'll get us through Lord. this. Yep. You know what I mean? Their their level of faith and their level of trust in God is completely different from now. Mm. Because there was way less 
there was way less in the world. Like they don't have, there was no social media, there was nothing, there was nobody. To, any cry for help they had, they had to talk to each other. Yeah. In this day and age, you don't have to talk to a soul. It's true. Right? Yeah. You can be in a hole and no one's gonna help you get out of that hole. I feel like back then, the brotherhood, the sisterhood, whatever it may have been, community was, aspect. The community aspect was so strong that even if you were feeling at your lowest, It'll somebody would up. come and pick, pick you up. Yeah, exactly. Somebody would come pick you up. Be yeah. like, hey, listen, I've been through this. I've been had a bad day. Mm. I've been beaten. I've been like, you know what I mean, doing this my whole life. Yeah. You know, I've I've been where you've been at. Have but guess what? Guess what? We can get out of this. Yeah. You can bounce back, yeah. But guess what? Someone helping you, it's easier for you to get some through something with yeah. the help of others. Absolutely. But now in this day and age, is figure everything out yourself. Mm-hmm. And figuring things out yourself is when people start having issues and the mental health comes into play because. If I am feeling a certain way and I can't express that to my homies, to my friends, to my family without being ridiculed or looked down upon, mm. then I'm going to have issues. Right. I'm going to end up with issues because there's no outlet. As you guys are saying, there's no outlet and there's nowhere for me to deal with these problems. Yeah. How do you deal with a problem if you're never going to speak on it? You're right. And, and uh, I think that when it comes to uh, speaking on those types of issues... Uh, we always talk about how, like, uh, you're at war with the devil. You know, you're at war with the devil every moment of your life. Your own soul, too. Your own, your own soul, yeah. yeah. And you don't, like, you get so caught up in the experiences that you don't realize some of your own thoughts are not yours. Some of the things that go through your head is is uh, the shaitan messing with you. Mm. And we have a religion that's perfected. That's been perfected. And that has an for answer for every single That has an answer for everything. So when we see our parents telling us, yo, like you're crazy, just go pray. They're actually, they look at us like we're crazy. And we're looking at them like they're crazy. Mm-hmm. Because we don't, there's a mis, there's a miscommunication issue because they they lived, uh, they had different challenges. One of the reasons why I stay away from social media today is because being disconnected for a few years. I realize the dangers of it. Like when I look at social media, it gives me unrealistic expectations of life and women, like really unrealistic. When I look at it, it's, it's just going to make you think, oh, yeah, I can get a better one. I can I can have a better car. I can have a better house. I can have a better girl every moment of my life. Do you want to hear something crazy? I was watching the Kardashians and I, I that's one show I don't even like. Can sure. I just, I know it's crazy. You like mental it, health and the Kardashians, it, you, you know, it. no, it's, you know, I always say I like my reality TV. Like, I like my coffee, black. You know? I don't like really too much, like, you know, Caucasian cast. Anyway, I'm not really a the Kardashian watcher, so I was watching season 20 because it's their farewell season, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I always knew, I always had an idea that Chloe was the bigger sister, right? Um, and now she's, she's like, a fitness coach. She does all this, like, mm-hmm. um, modeling for skinny girls. She has, like, a campaign going on around how she got healthy, how she was always coined as the big, big sister or whatever, right? So... She, the last episode, she was crying, and just to make things short, she was saying, my whole entire life, I was so bullied on social media for being big, right? First, I was always the big sister. Then I was the ugly sister. Then to the point, I was the ugly sister that I could not even be biologically the same mom and same dad as my other siblings. So she goes, you think rat, like every sibling looks alike? No. So you go to, like, if you go to your childhood, you have seven siblings, you guys all look different. But imagine you guys are in the spotlight of people. She was that 
mess with my mental health. Okay, now I feel like I look my best. I've worked on my body. Everything that they told me I was bad about, I tried to like upscale myself, right? You cannot meet social media's expectations. Now I've done all that. They're obsessed with my, uh, like, uh, her partner, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I, for the first time, before I used to be like, oh, girl, look at these girls with their fake ass. Well, lie for the first time I listened to that rant and I seen a human being. You know what? These people are human beings. Like, the things people say about her. And I am not going to lie. I retweet a lot of her pictures and a lot of her disses because she looks crazy on the internet. Like, sometimes she'll get a whole face surgery. And I'm like, girl, you, what kind of nose would you just buy? But it's like social media drives you to do that. You know? And it's so scary when you listen to somebody and it's like, wow, she's actually a human being. Like, even though she's rich, even though she has all this money, she's actually a human being. And it's this society expectation that you can't just come out and not look like your brother or your sister or have a different nose that's shaped different. You get it? You know, we don't realize the words actually have effect on us. Like, Mm -hmm. And the environment's very, very important. And we get sucked into it day to day. We forget that what is, what is like, what's happening. Like, you can look at, you can look at, um... Fake tits, fake ass. Can I say that? Yeah. 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 You yeah. fake breasts. We are all fake, you can lose that. Yeah, just say fake breasts, fake bottoms. You know? Yeah. You know, if you want to be Cardi politically B? correct. How do you politically correct in this situation? Yeah. Fake B- breasts. BBL. That's yeah. what it's called? Yeah, it's BBL. BBLs, whatever it's called. If you can look at that, you look at it enough times, you're going to be attracted to it. You can tell yourself whatever you want. You can okay. look at anything long enough, you're going to eventually, it's going to weigh you down. So you got to be careful. You got to hold yourself accountable for everything that you do. Men don't care about their pictures. And I feel like women, we have a, like a standard of how we want to look, who we want to attract, what trends. Oh, my God. And we get so obsessed with it to the point like sometimes you don't even know how obsessed you are with social media that you don't even know how to be in the present time. You know, I feel like with my siblings, they're not really social media people. Me and I was like, oh, guess what? I'm having a rant. I'm talking about my day, my coworker. Like, I'm one of those people. I'm unfiltered everywhere, you know? Uh, myself Facts. everywhere and Facts. sometimes not a good thing I don't know how to dim it down whether we're in the masjid I got a problem everywhere you know what I'm trying to say but it has allowed me to be who I like who I am authentically mm-hmm. like, truth. I live my truth. truth I come on social media you like me you don't like me it is what it is I post what I like I look how I want to look it is what it is you know but I think uh, when it starts to bother you and, and play with your mental health is again it's somebody looking at a picture of you and uh, making up their whole entire idea of who you are as a person. You can't even, like, the thing sometimes I hear about myself and I'm like, who is this person you guys are talking about? You know, well, it scares you. And then my, one of my siblings used to say the same thing. Good for you. I don't mention this guy. Social media, you open your social media, you opened yourself for the world, just like the Kardashians. You know, a lot of people come on social media and they're very private. You come and you have an open page, you go to the For You page, scroll, you're there, right? You do that to yourself. And it's like, how about if I just like to be creative? Can I be a creative person without somebody saying, oh, she brought drugs from Jamaica? Some crazy stuff. Like, no one has ever said I brought drugs from Jamaica. But I'm saying the idea that you just want to be a creative. You want to come and be open. Society sometimes doesn't even allow you to do that. Because the minute you do that, it's like, "Mm, girl, you're not who you say you are. Or it's always like, you know. So I I really understand why you don't like social media. It's actually a scary place to be in. It's detrimental. Very, very detrimental. That's how I feel. But... Uh, everybody's different. Some people thrive on social media and enjoy it. Some people don't like it. Uh, what do you think the effects of social media is? On your mental your health. I feel like, like social media, it's just, it's taken like, sometimes it's taken too seriously. Hmm. People take it way too serious. Like it's their life. 
Like cancel culture is, is real. Yeah, like this is this is everything I put up and everything I do must be up to a certain standard. And if it's not, I can't even post it. So now you have people sitting for hours trying to make a caption, trying to fix their picture, trying to put the right filter, trying to put the like, right angle. Yeah, and it's never yeah. it's never that deep. It's never enough. It's and never, it's never that enough. deep. And once and you get into deep. that, once you get into that, you're, like, it's too you're late. putting yourself down a hole. Mm-hmm. Now you're in a rabbit hole. Now, oh, this can't be that. that now you're putting yourself in a place setting unrealistic standards, as you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, everything becomes not real. Like, you as a person can get lost in that. So once you lose yourself and you lose your character, who are you? Like, you're I like, remember a friend telling me, um, I have a couple of friends, they all have children at the same time. Um, and then, you know, some people go ghost off social media, right? And I'm like, oh, I don't see this person. Either. And the girl was telling me, yeah, I don't want to post because I haven't lost my baby weight. So-and-so and so-and-so uh, lost their baby weight so far, and they posted themselves on social media. Uh-uh. I don't look like that, definitely. And it, and it puts an unrealistic competition. Your body is different. Maybe your weight start is even different than the next person. So it gets to an idea where they see somebody, maybe even losing 20 pounds after their weight loss, and they don't see that in, that in themselves. And then that internally changes somebody. And so it, it could be a dangerous thing. Then yeah. you start to think in your head, well, why do I not look like that? We had the baby at the same time. And that's sickening because social media does that. When we were younger, it, like no one ever thought of stuff like that. You know what I'm trying to say? And so, I don't know. To me, I always say that I hate being depicted as something I'm not. That is one of my pet peeves. I told you I got dragged one time because I said on a social media, I was like, y'all, you guys are not going to get consecutive vlogs. I work like a Mexican. I got 800 comments underneath that video. I didn't know what they were talking about. I opened it literally demolished how dare you talk to about mexicans like that so let me ask you a question and that wasn't my intention of course it's not your intention but let me ask you a question has social media but are people taking their frustrations out on others i always say that let me tell you something i tell people all the time you are living your life through us the people that are so comfortable to give you content you're living and then they literally dissect everything we do and if they were able to be in our shoes, they probably would not present themselves because people that are open with their life have a little bit of a self-confidence, not even a little bit. They have more um, endurance and more, uh, uh, what, what do you call it, in control of their feelings than people off s- social media. Absolutely 100%. A lot of people think you put yourself in the public eye. Now I could say whatever I want about you. I didn't choose to put in the public eye. My page is private. There's only 90 followers and all of them are my blood cousins. But guess what? Her shoes are ugly. Oh, she filtered herself. She's definitely fatter in life. She's this, she's that. I have an Instagram picture with 87 cents. 87 people sent it. Where's it going? I don't know. And it can't be (laughs) 87 people liking my shoes. It's not that cute. You get me? No, so they, it's like, they might like the kick. at that point, my I, I swear to God, I screenshotted it and I put it into my group chat. Guess what my group chat said? Go to Kursi's Sa'akri and close that page. Close it. Uh, you, you choose it. And it's like, and that's... And they're right, though. And what'd you I do? Did, did. And, you kept that and page I, up. And I posted I another that, one. I know, another you. I know yeah, how you man. do. I know how you I think do. I'm afraid for my family, though. I feel like the day I get married and have children, I think I'm definitely... Because I chose this life, and I've, I've been doing it for 10 years openly. Like I've, The day I had an Instagram, it's been open. The day I've had a Snapchat, like anybody could search me, and they'll see me. So I, I feel like I have a level of confidence. The only thing is, again... Saying I'm something I'm not. You know, if you call somebody she's not good looking, she's fat in life, it's all opinion based. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with being called ugly because I'm very comfortable in my own skin. 
And I don't listen to people that lie unprovoked. You get me? But I hate people saying stuff like, oh, uh, one time, subhanAllah, somebody said, I don't know if I said it to you guys. Somebody said underneath my picture, um, her father shot her mom. She grew up without a mom. And then, and then, oh, isn't this your brother? They sent me my brother's video on CP24. Like, weird shit like that. And I wake up like, fam, like, who hates me this much? Nobody. Because I literally work, live my life, and I've never, like, actually bothered anybody. Like, I'm not no one's op. But it's like, somebody's envying you so badly that they're like, I'm waking up, and who's this girl? They'll say something like, why you call yourself Bella Big Deal? I should, you want me to say my head's big? I'm going to say, because I'm cute about like, I'm going to, I like laugh into it, right? But it's like stuff like that. It's like, mm-hmm. who are you? Sometimes I go to the masjid, like a lot of the times I'm very tied with my local masjid, especially during Ramadan. That's when I have the most time. And a lot of people will meet me face to face. And well, a lot of sisters will speak about me and they'll be like, you know, Noah, like I never thought you were like this. And you know, it, that kind of even bothers me. It irks my soul is because what did you think I was like? No, it shouldn't. But it's the it thing is to be, is it to be perceived. No, it shouldn't. shouldn't bother yeah. It shouldn't bother you because... Realistically speaking, they don't know who you are. Yeah. Right? They see the Instagram. They see you put up whatever you put up. And then they have friends. They have family. They have people that are telling them things about you that may or may not be true. But guess what? They don't know you. They don't know know you. So once they meet you and they say things like that, Mm -hmm. that should tell you, like, this is your opportunity to let them know who you yeah, are. Fam, you're what so what you stand on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's who you are as a person. And that's course, what I like about you. Yeah. Because you show everybody your character when they first meet you. Facts. You will be like, yo, listen, whatever you may think, whatever that is, that's mm-hmm. that's something else. Yeah. Me, this is me. You want to know me? Salam I am who I am. This is who I am. Live it, to and I'm living. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and at the end of the night, at the end of the day, people are like, oh my God, she's so personable. She, yeah. She's so human. She's, she's just like us. Mm. You know. Then once you change that narrative, now you're going to have people that are out there that are saying, once someone comes to them and says, yo, Bella, is this, that, and this, they're going to, that's Cap. Yeah. That's not real. Mm. I met her. My boy, she's, yeah. This down the third, she's so cool. She's so like I want to be like yeah, because your per, your perception changes once you meet someone. Yeah. When you spend time with him, yeah. I'd, because at the end of the day, everybody can think a million things of you, mm-hmm. like like you, just like you. Mm-hmm. When people most of the time when they meet me first time, mm-hmm. they say like you're scary. Mm-hmm. Like I was always I always thought you were yeah, scary. Smoothie. Smoothie. Yeah, like I always thought you were scary. You I always thought you were. You not do it. I, I thought you were like gangster. I'm like. No, I don't do any of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I work with children. You know what I mean? You guys got the wrong story that's going around in the streets. Facts. That's the wrong guy. Me? You guys don't know me? Facts. Yeah, I'm a good brother. Facts. I try to help kids. I try to do better in life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That person that you heard of, I don't know who that is. But, you know, I'm not mad at you. Mm-hmm. I don't get mad. I don't look at the person and be like, oh my God, that's nuts. I say, yeah, that's not true. Mm-hmm. And this is why I'm a person. I think person. they just have... Um, you know what I mean? You people, just got to clarify. People, people have expectations of people when they meet them. And it's like, who gave you... Who who allowed you to give put me in that category or categorize me to be this person? Yes, you've heard. But it's like a weird perception of you. Like, you have to look this way when I see you. And you have to be this person when I see you. And it's like, people don't ever understand. Have you ever taken a good picture and you're like, wow... Instagram girls take wow every day because when we we don't post what we don't wow about okay. like they really think we just wake up looking like the way we look I go to work seven days looking the way I want to look and I come on social media looking the way I want to look you get me That's but funny. it's like mentally it gets like to you when I don't even care about looks again what I say it's just genuinely back to the notion of you're like this why not you know to the point that sometimes I eat, I overhear them speaking and I'm like crazy bro yeah. it's crazy it's crazy the thing is 
humans are complex. I you realize that from a young age that mm-hmm. like uh, people are always going to um, they're going to take whatever you say and they're going to perceive it from their experiences, their knowledge. Mm-hmm. So you could say what you could say what you feel and it could be misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. But that was written for that to happen that way, you know? Mm-hmm. So you got like you've always lived your life in the open. And you've lived for yourself mm-hmm. your whole life. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to change. Not, not anybody's words are going to change that. Not anybody's actions. And that's what makes you uh, special. There's a saying called authentic power. When you're yourself, mm-hmm. people are drawn to you. It's mm-hmm. facts. And you have, uh, both of you guys have that. We all do, as a, as a whole, and, yeah. And that's, that's what you, when you go against your um, yourself is when you lose yourself. When you start... Uh, going against what you believe. Mm-hmm. And we talked last week about the importance of uh, self-confidence and believing in yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And this is very important for for young Somalis and Muslims to understand when you go against your belief of uh, your religion, you're going to be tested in a different way with your mental state. Mm-hmm. Allah perfected our religion for us. There's a hadith by Prophet Muhammad like you said, mm-hmm. um, the greatest battle is the battle of your own soul, which will never stop. That's why it's a part of jihad. It's part of yourself, jihad. You're going to war with your own thoughts every moment of the day. And now that I'm older, I, I use a different mindset where I try to hold myself accountable for things and give other people benefit of the doubt, you know, because mm-hmm. you do it too. You said it's 70,000 excuses. Mm-hmm. You've been living that your whole life. That's check very, in, check out. Check yep. in, check out. Don't focus on them. Focus on yourself. And sooner or later, you're going to start seeing changes in your life when you do stuff like that. We should talk about the signs you should seek help when it comes to mental health. Oh, my God. Was that? Sorry. Mm, Did I just jump jump into conclusion? (laughs) I just had a thought because, you know, the whole idea, you know, mental health is taboo to speak about. A greater taboo to speak about is getting therapy, seeking therapy, right? My whole life, I used to say, the minute I hear somebody takes therapy, I have to get away from them. How are you speaking? How did your mental get so bad that you're speaking to another professional person, you're getting professional help. That's, There's you grew up in Somalia, that, yeah. That means you're crazy. This person became crazy. You can't even say it out loud. Which I have a wrong, coworker yeah. right now that's, she's one of my great friends and she steps out for an hour, half a day and the, the job allows her to get therapy. Um, and it's not taken out of her pay. She takes it out of her lunch. But it just shows you now how a lot of the times, now in society, one of the, the older coworkers was saying, this would never happen 10 years ago. You can't step outside of your job because now you know the jobs have to allow you. If you have like a, a therapy session is like equivalent to a doctor's appointment, you know? And that was taboo 10 years ago. So it's not only Somalis or Muslims. It was taboo as a whole in a society mm-hmm. to seek therapy. Not until like maybe the last two years. I think I had a, actually a, male, a guy friend. And that's what completely changed my perspective. A guy friend who told me, hey, Noel, like I went to a therapist. And he said, um, at the time, one of my family members actually got it for me for free. And I thought I would check it out. He said, by the end of that first session, I was crying so much. And this is like one of my like hood friends, you know, you know, when I say hood, like whatever, you know, guys are like from the neighbor half, but like you go to them when you're feeling down. So you could never see him breaking down. And then he said, the therapist said, I have PTSD equivalent to somebody that went to war. That's what's in his brain. He said, I've lost so much people in the wall. Like I've lost so much people that sometimes I text people that are dead. That's can't, that can't be normal. Right. So he said it, when I said that, he said, I was crying. The therapist was just like, 
she didn't even know what to say. She said, you're at a point where like mentally you've completely checked out and you have never spoke to somebody about that. And then he was telling me like therapy is something that's needed. Like it's actually needed. And it broke my heart because I think I was one of the people when he told me I wanted to get a therapist, I said, like you got to that point like go to the masjid you know and i felt so bad it's because like if you don't have knowledge in something if it's not against your religion do not speak on it because you don't know who's looking to you for answers yeah. you know what i'm trying to say so no that's facts and with that let's say the whole therapy thing it's mm-hmm. like not lie to you like every homie that i know that most of the homies that i know that grew up in the neighborhood like they're dealing with a lot if you've grown up in a Toronto metro housing mm-hmm. complex, mm-hmm. you have some sort of anxiety, trauma, yeah. you have some sort of trauma, you have some sort of PTSD, you have things that you may not think are equivalent or mm-hmm. related to mental health, but they are. Mm-hmm. Because you not being able to walk around freely in your neighborhood is PTSD. Mm-hmm. You going to different places when you go outside and you're looking at every corner is anxiety. That's anxiety. Yeah, like, scary but life. you don't want to. You don't want to address that. And you don't want to speak on it. And you don't want to get to these issues because, once again, as I said, you don't want to be ridiculed. You don't want people to say, "Oh my God, this guy's not a real. This guy's not a real nigga. This guy's not doing what he I'm needs to do." I'm a girl and I've like, had. Who yeah, you living for? You gotta like, ask yourself yeah, who no, you living you really for. Somebody's controlling you your whole life. No, yeah. yeah. Who no, you living facts. for? That's what. No, that's yeah. facts. And then also, and also, I remember somebody saying like, "I'd rather be dead than wa- be watching my back every single minute." Because no. why, imagine your life is gone. Yeah, no, but that's like, but that's the life. What life of, do you have? No, but that's the life of living. The life of being a gangster per se. You're gonna always look over your shoulder, and you're never gonna be able to just look forward. Like, you're always going to be looking back at life. You're never going to look forward, mm-hmm. right? There's something always behind you. Mm-hmm. But with mental health, also, one thing that we need to, I feel like, incorporate with mental health as a society even, or we need to make it more acceptable as a whole society. What? Therapy. So I feel like, like there should be collaborations with communities and therapists, communities and these mental health clinics mm-hmm. and just make it a normal thing because once we normalize it there will be more people willing to open up and get help and open themselves up to these things yeah. because as Bella said like one of the homies that she knows that's a hot guy went to a therapy session and said I didn't know these things about myself I had no idea what I was going through Yeah. so him having that breakthrough he's probably a well respected person in the neighborhood Imagine him telling his young homies or telling his homies, listen, I did this and it gave me some sort of relief and some sort of peace. Yeah. If you're willing to speak on that and do that, that could be a big step towards helping us. Now, if they see Nomad, Smooth and Bella, for example, just going to a therapy session, speaking to a therapist and say, guys, this is what I did today and this Mm -hmm. is how I felt and this helped me. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, them three are doing it I know them three and they're good people and it's helping them yeah. it can help me yeah. you know what I mean it just takes little things like that it literally <laughs> takes the smallest thing like that can make a huge difference yeah. right you also have to um, open your mind to like being educated I feel like once I had that sit down with my friend I I was enlightened you know and I'm like okay so what's stopping 
other brothers from getting therapy. He goes, I'm not even going to lie to all the resources. People can't afford it. And somebody was assisting him. It was being paid out of pocket. But um, therapy does not come under insurance. It doesn't doesn't come through my insurance. So I said, okay. I'm, I was already doing an initiative with one of my friends. Shout out to Nawal. Um, about the violence and sure I was there. Um, and one of the things we're lobbying for is for therapists that like work offsite or like um, any com- black or any ethnic community uh, therapists that would like to work in the community as um, volunteer. Like we're not going to pay them, you know, but there's a lot. If you look into the city and you speak to the right people and you lobby your suggestions to the right people, you'll get a lot you'll you'll find information there's a lot of uh small uh therapist clinics that do freelance work and stuff like that you know and so we're starting that idea where we're trying to at least get people free therapy and it's not even um i want it and i can't afford it we're trying to get resources where it's free for you and you get the help that you need so anybody that's listening um we're obviously going to give our contact information out and um there's a lot of like mental health mental health and health lines but don't be afraid to ask for help and know that a lot of us have been miseducated about the subject and i've definitely been one of the people miseducated um so the big thing is about the resources man therapy is not cheap yeah it's not i believe that so now we're going to go into signs that you should seek help so if you are experiencing any of these signs you know what i mean there's different hotlines there's different places to call we're gonna give you some hopefully at the end of this and let you know some of the things you can do so some of the signs are when your happy patterns are disrupted are disrupted uh when you're quick to get upset when things upset you quickly when you're when you're hot and cold extremely so like you could be having a great day and autumn, like one thing you're Boom. down yeah and then Two seconds later, oh my God, it's back to the greatest day. Mm. You know what I mean? In the same, in the same, in the same literally in the same two minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, chasing distractions, lack of focus. Don't think because, you know what I mean? You can't focus on something. It's because, it's because of nothing. Mm-hmm. That could be a sign. You yeah. know what I mean? So you always need people around. You can't be by yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's also a sign. Extreme anxiety. Mm-hmm. So your anxiety is high at the smallest things mm-hmm. you gotta you know you, you you gotta be able to you know speak up and ask for help yeah and if you're sleeping a lot more than usual so if you if most of your day is sleeping and less of your day is staying awake like you might be trying to escape reality yeah you know what i mean that could that could be a sign of it so how do you think we can uh how do you counterbalance these uh these symptoms honestly some things I'm going to suggest to people is, you know what I mean? Don't think like I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a real nigga no more, but like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? A woman would call it a diary, but you don't have to call it a diary. You can call it real nigga notes. Real nigga notes. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? What's wrong with a diary? You think only females have diaries? No, no, no. I'm just saying for the, I'm saying for the, I'm saying for the homies that don't want to call it a diary. You can call it real nigga notes. You can call whatever it whatever it you want to call it. Yeah. But sometimes just, if you're having a bad day or something, write, write it, it down. Write you it have down. A, everybody has an iPhone. Go to your notes. Mm-hmm. Write in your notes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's some people that write poetry. Mm-hmm. There's some people that write, uh, they write books. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes people, like they make movies off of 
just their notes in life. You, like, you know what I mean? You know, uh, you know. There's, a, there's. Um, I was, remember reading a, a study talking about how cleaning is actually therapeutic. How how your environment reflects your brain. Yeah. So cleaning actually just by removing stuff from your uh, environment actually helps you like organize your yeah. mind and stuff. Exactly. Like, that's a good form of that, therapy too. Uh, working out. Working out. You know what I mean? Good form of therapy. Working out is physical therapy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That helps you get it out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you feel like you have, if you feel like you have a high uh, aggression, mm-hmm. if you're someone that has high aggression, Look into boxing. Yep. You get them hands up. You don't have to hit someone else. That's why me and um, Smooth sometimes, you know, when he tries to make little jokes, you know, <laughs> I tell him take it, take it to the RX. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, most important, just find an outlet, man. Just find yeah. an outlet. Being Always. grateful is the most important thing about life, because the more you focus on what you don't have, the less you will have. The more you focus on what you have the more you have it within yourself. Being grateful is actually a superpower. Absolutely. Because it, it gives you that energy to push through moments you in your life. Gratitude is everything. Yeah, you know, like uh, one of the verses in the Quran is when Allah says the ungrateful are never successful. Big facts. Like if you do not, if you're not grateful, you're not getting nothing in this world. Like you got to appreciate every little thing that you got. Smooth's been living like that since he was young. And that's a beautiful beauty hey, of hey, life. Me too. And Bella with two L's. I don't like that. anything sure. that goes in front of me with smooth. I, think <laughs> I don't like it. Why is she always trying to get out? You know what it is? Uh, this is this is this is our form of therapy, you feel me? Absolutely. This is, this is what we do, you know what I mean? You know, Bella likes to I be always, on I, top of the on top of the mountain. Like I you don't, know, I'm just kinda, <laughs> I'm trying to share the I'm trying to share the spotlight with you. I love these guys. You know, <laughs> part of like bothering them and poking at things like we have to make something that's so heavy light. Sometimes we gotta lighten up the room. Of course. And what's better than some banter against course, Bella against two people? You know. No, 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 no. But guess what? Like that. My, but like guess what? But guess what? My two L's is here. Okay. <laughs> boom, boom. Um, but yeah, I always tell people. Um, I've been through a lot of hardship in life, and uh, Salah is my therapy. I know it's cliche to end it like this, like, oh, you should get therapy. And then I'm like, well, Salah. But we got to, we got to, we got to, we got to talk about facts, you know? We can't, we can't. Everything is an opinion. How I want to self-care for myself is me. How um, Nomad and how Smooth want to do it for you. But what ties three of us? One Dean, right? And one blueprint and one Quran, right? It's and so I always say Facts. the people have been depressed. People have had calamities. People have had the Prophet ﷺ, the way he was targeted for bringing a religion that was, forget the word taboo. Taboo is like not even, it's like uh, not uncommon. Has never happened. They're bringing a deen uh, to, uh, sorry, um, the, it was the Arabs, right? So it's like the most ignorant of mankind that cannot read. And yeah. so it's like, Everything that he faced, and the, he is—he was a, a prophet from the Lord, right? Yeah, he was, was granted heaven. He was some clean heart, soft, clean heart, soft heart. So it's like everybody in this world is going to be ridiculed, mm-hmm. you know. And so I always say, if you open the Quran, your story's in there. Yeah. And so I don't want to belittle anybody's struggle, but I always tell you that with me, I feel like this dean saved me. Sometimes I say, literally, when I'm just driving and I'm thinking in my head. Imagine I did not have Allah and imagine I didn't have this religion that that um, gave me a guideline on everything. Mm-hmm. This world is just a test. This is what I have. Like when a calamity hits, have patience because Allah rewards the patience. Like everything I feel 
There's a Lord that takes it to accountability that this will happen. But guess what? If you do this, this will happen. And if you stay steadfast, this will happen. And these are the, what the people before you did. Sometimes when I look at people that don't have religion and I feel so sorry for them. And I know why suicide is real. Because if I did not have this deem, and that's personally for me, if I did not have this, this reassurance, you know, this... this, this Allah gives you signs. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's, it goes back to do, do people, do they not contemplate, Right. Like I just sometimes I contemplate because if I didn't, I would kill myself. Well, I, I would literally I understand when people are so like they just they just snap in every little moment. It's because you're Not so far from God. You know, mm-hmm. this this what is this world, fam? It's just just delusion. <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to you're allowed to on this podcast. We're allowed to make up words. We're allowed yeah, to have absolutely. our own source. We have our own dictionary. We're going yeah. to have fun. We're going to come out with our own dictionary. Look out for us. And this world's scary. It's a it's scary, but it's also a beautiful place. Like beautiful. I love life now because you guys have, I have no have right a to love life. You guys are from the West End. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, regardless of what's happening, don't cut out my boundary. It's great. Here. It's great. It's great to be where we're from. You know what I mean? The city is beautiful anytime. Mm. Bella's in the West End. Yeah, she yeah. knows it's the best end. Yeah. Like she spends hours here. Mm. She tries to run Secretly away from she the likes town. Oh, God. So oh, when God. she's here, she says, oh my God, we have the best food spots. Oh, we have the best yep. everything. Don't play us. Yeah. Don't play us now. Oh, but you, you know, like I always say, I always say Bella's, uh, like Allah loves Bella. Like I see it, you know, I see the righteous in you. You know why? I hope my sisters are listening to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Show it to your sisters. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you didn't even answer the question, though. What did I say? How do you know? That I'm righteous? No, that your Lord loves you. Oh, oh are you asking me a question? <laughs> yes. I'll tell you why. why. Why? I always tell people, Allah loves me. Why? I say it out loud. I think that's what you guys are repeating. You guys are trying to just stroke my ego. I'll tell you no. why. Let me tell you something. <laughs> this is why, let me tell you what I believe. Mm-hmm. Because to every, I've been through calamities in the last 10 years mm-hmm. that the average person would deem to say, and this doesn't come out of my mouth, a lot of people say, would change them as a person. It would make them... Harsh yeah, a blessing. You know? And with me, it's like something happens. Wallahi. And the first thing I think about is, Allah, please let me get through this. You know, it's very scary to think that you could have such a relationship uh, with God in a in, in a time like that, right? I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not. The, I don't even consider myself a righteous person. I don't even. It's scary to even for that words to come out of my mouth because you know. My definition. One day I'd be listening to Tupac. The next day, you know, I'm waking up for fudge. Which I actually I wake up for fudge all, all the time. All of us are sinners, right? I'm a sinner. We all are. But you know when they say like. Uh, there are signs of the Quran and then there's you know how some people be like oh my god I don't can you find an ayat in the Quran that says that after the Quran and the signs there's something called Iman there's pillars in Iman I'm a believer man I just believe and that's enough is Allah from Allah I don't need 900 reasons why I gotta explain to you it's called fitrah it's born it's in you it's a compass moral religious compass I hope you guys seek it yeah so I'll drop mic Drop mic on another level. So I'm going to tell you why I said that. There's a hadith by Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu He said, let not any of you die without having good thoughts about Allah. So you have to believe Allah loves you. You have to believe he's going to forgive you. And you have to believe that you are going to go to heaven. You have to believe it. You got to be thinking about heaven like, yo, this is this is where I'm going to be. I'm going to be sitting at a table with Malcolm X, uh, Stephen Jackson, (laughs) Michael Jackson, whoever. It doesn't make a difference. You're you got to believe that you're going to go to heaven and you got to believe that you're going to get through all these hardships that you go through. And let's. Uh, are you saying that I said that to you that I'm gonna be in heaven? Because you know I do a you lot. You have those of, thoughts. I yeah, can yeah. tell. I can <laughs> kind of tell. 
Because you know what? I you don't need to hear you know them. Well, I do a lot of like memes from TikTok saying when your friends thought you're going to hell, but you're in, in the heaven with drinking from the wine's water. And I always be posting, and my friends are always like, why do you always do this? Do you think you're only going to heaven? I'm like, I don't know. What are you talking about? I'm going to heaven. <laughs> you got to believe it. You got to believe it. You got to believe it. I definitely agree with you. Yeah, got to believe it to achieve it. Yeah. So let's move into the Somali spotlight. We wanted to do this on a company called Blessed Body Black Seat. I met this girl, I think a week and a half ago, doing a sales pitch inside of uh, what's something called um, one of these uh, Somali stores where I was taking my mom. Okay. She was doing her sales sales pitch, and I and I was just standing there watching for like ten minutes, just seeing her do her sales pitch, and I loved it. And I'm like, uh, I would love to see her blow up, inshallah, yeah. because. Inshallah. She's hustling, you know, and mm-hmm. life's all about making it happen. It's, nobody's going to make it happen for you. So uh, the company is called Blessed Body Black Seed. They sell organic black seed oil. And for orders, call 1-866-628-9222. And the website is, uh, we'll post it on the uh, YouTube and on the Apple Podcasts alongside of it. And black seed oil is something that's very, very uh, enriching for um, for your body, and it's uh, it's it's a very, very good product. I remember her telling me a story about her mother and how much it helped her with pains that she had. That I bought it, and I'm using it too right now, and it's been helping me. Alhamdulillah. What is it? A soap or like a like a body cream? Black. Uh, like if you ever have a chance, like read up on uh, black seed oil pills. So they take the black seed oil and they, and they capsulate it. What did the Prophet ﷺ say about black seed? There's, if there's any cure on this earth, it cures it, everything it but cures death. But death, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And with a, a glad tidings, you guys, we want to leave you with a Quran ayat. All my servants who have transgressed against themselves by sinning, do not despair of the mercy of Allah. Indeed, Allah forgives all sins. Indeed, it is He who is forgiving the merciful. I actually had this saved as a ayat on my phone um, screen. Well, I, I, I changed it now because somebody told me something about like you can't go into the bathroom with like ayats on your phone. I'm not quite sure how accurate it is. But this ayat, all my servant who have transgressed against themselves by sinning, do not despair of the mercy of Allah. If you could say, tell me your favorite ayat in the Quran. I would say this is the one that speaks to me the most for a very long time. Hence why I had it on my phone. Because... You feel like you come to a dead end in life when you um, know what's right and wrong. A lot of people, they didn't have the benefit of growing up in a really like good Islamically like taught household or maybe not going into like good madrasas or duksis or like not having good companions around them. And some people, alhamdulillah, I feel like I've been uh, blessed enough to be around and been taught by some great people in life, right? And so when you grow up and you don't really act upon those teachings, but they're in your heart and they're in the back of your mind, and you start transgressing, um, you kind of could feel it in you like, this is not me, you know? And everybody has a, this is not me stage in life. You get it? Um, and I would always come back to this ayat, especially when it says, do not despair of the mercy of Allah. Like, do not for, like do not think that Allah has not opened his doors to you. You get it? Don't think that Allah is, is, is nearer to us than our juggler vein. I know it's cute to caption that, but it's actually real. Like, when you feel like, I can't wear the hijab or... I'm way too, I'm never going to uh, be with this person again or I effed up and I killed somebody. You're like, I know these are all very dramatic 
scenarios, but it's like, do not, do not, do not despair the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's haram, yeah. It's haram. Yeah. Like, Allah, there's a story for everything, and, and, and the whole gist of this religion is that mankind is created weak. Mm-hmm. Mankind is created weak. And we're created to fail over and over and over and over. To people, I always, like, I, I believe that Somalis are the most righteous of mankind, not because of they pray five times a day, but because of the fact that they're always willing to help at any given time. No matter what kind of stuff that you went through, they'll be there for you. And that's beautiful when it comes to mankind. And Somalis, we, we're, we're, we're fun. We like to have fun and stuff literally, like that. Literally. Let's just say it like that, but we're we're at the end of the day we're we're we got good hearts, facts, and clean hearts, and, and that's what I that's what's most important. Smooth is crying right now. That's how much I touched him. <laughs> Tell the people, don't be shy. I shed I shed one thug tear, one thug tear. Hood cry. Yeah, not thugs cry too. Yep, they do, they do. So with that, we are one more episode away from finishing the season, and on our last episode, we're gonna release it. I think right before Ramadan, and we're going to talk about the challenges of being a believer in the Western world, the hardships that we go through. How do you prepare for Ramadan? What's important? How? What kind of steps do you take if you want to um, turn back to your Lord or if you're, if you're actually in that process and you're going through hardship? This is something that uh, I personally can't wait and I'm excited for us to talk about. Will be with that doing, said, uh, initiative for the end of Ramadan. Oh, we're gonna so, tell them about the initiative now. Yeah. No, we're gonna we're gonna let you know next week on the last episode. Okay. We're gonna set Dope. it up and let you guys know the information and get everybody filled in. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be new. It's gonna be different. With that, this is the Unfinished Podcast. Checking it out. Checking out. You don't know. You don't mm. know. <laughs> You're-